Hey, so fantastic to be here with you on Father's Day. And uh, hey, welcome church, welcome everybody. Uh, Inspire Men, you are looking fantastic. And uh, I hope you've loved the dad jokes. They're the most important part of the day. Um, I wanna just welcome everybody who's watching online from Vietnam and Australia and, and Canada. And, and uh, I think there are people also watching from Germany, America. And so welcome everybody. It's great to have you online. You're in for a real treat today. It's Father's Day here in New Zealand and it's gonna be a lot of fun. And uh, we are very privileged to have the incredible friend of mine, Shane Willard with us. And um, incidentally, Inspire Church is a very good friend of yours, Shane. And uh, we are honored Likewise. to have you online today. And uh, I think uh, you, have, you have revolutionized my mindset and I want to thank you for that. Personally, on Father's Day, I want to thank you for the influence you've had in my... We've been friends now for... How many years have we been friends? Oh, I reckon... I'd reckon we, we'd be coming up on 14 years. 15 yeah, 14 years. years. And uh, that's been an incredible journey. And I've just loved our relationship. We have some... Uh, the, I think the best part about it, we have a lot of fun together. And yes. uh, we've just been telling jokes to each other. But anyway, it's Father's Day and uh, Inspire Church... Uh, I want you to grab a hold of your notepads right now and get ready to capture something. I'm interviewing Shane and uh, we're going to talk about what it is to be a father and some of the challenges. So Shane, welcome. It's great to see you, mate. And you're looking good. Um, I know Thank you me. are in Mount Isa now, aren't you? I am. Yeah. Yeah. Hot yeah, enough for you? Really it's hot, man. Wow. <laughs> like it is hot bro like it, it's it says 34 but my it feels 47 yeah yeah but yeah but we're you know we'll get through it we're, i'm in an aircon room nothing yeah, it's amazing. i've been in mount Isa a couple of times it's a beautiful spot hey so um shane let's get right into it a uh, couple of questions and uh, i'll just launch off really and i know that's dangerous with you i think the last time i launched off with some questions you went for like four hours or something but anyway today <laughs> Um, just asking you, what would be, I think, a couple of questions regarding dads. We live in a, in a day of fatherlessness, and um, obviously, even today in church, there's people here that are, that are single mums who are looking after families, and there's people here that don't have a dad. And so it's, it's a day of fatherlessness, and I wanted to ask you a question. How do we handle that, and how do we best address it? And I, I'd go to a verse here. Uh, what it, in Exodus uh, chapter 20 and verse 12, it says, honor your father and mother so that you may live long in the land the Lord your God is giving you. And uh, Shane, what would be a theological perspective that you would probably have on the whole father and mother honoring so that your days would be long? And I'll just hand that to you. Well, I think, um, so, so to your first point, fatherlessness um, is a, an, is a enormous spiritual, social, uh, political, uh, you know, ethical issue um, that can be a bit nuanced, and we and it needs to be discussed and, and handled. And so, in no way will any of this be the total answer. But mm -hmm. I think one of the best ways to um, address fatherlessness um, is to address how to empower people who might feel fatherless, might actually be fatherless. And then it turns out that the same advice to them is the same advice to those of us who had great parents. Which yeah, that's is, a beautiful perspective, actually. Right, is how do you how do you empower people going forward? 
Um, and, and in Exodus, um, it's a part of something that we call the Ten Commandments. Um, in, the, in the Jewish culture, they call it a 10-word marriage proposal. And so God was proposing um, a relationship with these people. And, um, and he says something there. He says, honor your father and mother that your days may be long in the land. So a couple of thoughts on that. One, words matter less than how we picture words functioning. So words never matter more than the imagination someone has about what i mean by that word so if i say god that really doesn't matter what matters is the person i say god to what are they picturing yes um if i if, right, if i say if if i say to use a marriage metaphor if i say um don you you should love julia well that that doesn't really matter what matters is what you think love is and how that functions in your household um and whether that is a healthy or toxic version of, of the word love um, if I say to Julia, Julia, you should respect Don. That doesn't matter. What matters is how Julia interprets respect and what that what that looks like. So there's a way to say something that's true that creates an untrue imagination. So I'll give you an example. If I was to say, Jesus is your judge, well, that's true. But the problem with that statement is, is for most people, they picture a heavenly courtroom and Jesus is the judicial officer examining the good and bad in our life, determining if we're in or out, right? Mm, well, mm. well, the pro the, so, so the tr it is true Jesus is our judge, but what's not true is that image because the Hebrew word for judge is not a judicial officer. It's someone anointed by God to set you free. And we all knew that because there's an entire book in the Old Testament called the book of Judges. Yeah. And these people aren't judicial officers. They're people anointed by God to set us free. So when we say Jesus is your judge, and then we go, come on, come on, come on, everybody, press in. Let's get close to Jesus. Well, no one wants to be in court, right? But if we said, if we said, not if they're mentally healthy, and but if we said, hey, press into the one who's finally and fully anointed by God to set you free from everything holding you back, that's a whole different story. So, that, that, that's, so that same idea applies to honor your father and mother. And so there's two there's two statements there that that lead to a potential uh, proper imagination or a potential not, not proper imagination about how it works. And so the first one is to honor your father and mother. Yeah. And of course, there's some people pretty quickly that push back on that. And this is this is what it this is what it looks like to those of us who had awesome parents. We're like easy. That's right. Be nice to mom and dad. How simple is that? My yeah. parents were awesome, right? Then the, the, the pushback side of it is, is, are you kidding me? Shane, I mean, look, no disrespect, and I'm, I'm glad you had a good story, but if you knew what my parents did to me, you would never be telling me to honor them. Uh, if, you, if, if you do, like, you, you, could tell, you could tell the worst things your dad ever did to you, and they'd probably be funny. Um, if I said what my dad did to me, I probably wouldn't be allowed to share it. It'd be too much for people. How how can you how can you two sit there on your high horses, you know, Don with your great upbringing and Shane with yours, and use the Bible then to go? You need to do something that's impossible. Yeah. How can you honor somebody who treated us like that? So that's the, that's the first, and I want to deal with that question. Right. That's an important question. Yeah. The second part is that your days may be long in the land, and so some people interpret that and they go, "Hey, if you just be nice to your parents, it's a guarantee." from god from long for long life well yeah. that that falls apart pretty quickly doesn't you know people who well you know people who've been kind to their parents and they die prematurely right and so it's like wait a minute so is god not keeping his promises and so let's deal with the imagination of that so let's deal with the second one first that your days may be long in the land so let's put that in context yeah, that's great. there's a group of there's a group 
group of slaves who've never known anything but slavery, and God is giving them land. And so the land became a metaphor for God's best for us. So no longer slavery, but freedom. And this is what it means to be human. And this is what it means to be free. And, and so God tells them, if you want to live a long time in the land instead of back in slavery, you're going to do something called honor your father and mother, which leads to this question. So it's not a, it's not a promise for literal living to 100. It's a promise of somehow God's best for us out of slavery and into freedom is tied to a discipline and a practice called honoring our father and mother. Right, I can so that's understand first. that. That's like his blessing in our lives then. Yes, it's his yeah. blessing in his life. Or it's it's like, hey, I'm 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 giving you something that you didn't earn or deserve. I'm just doing it because I love you. Yeah. But if you want to keep that gift, this is how you keep that gift. That's right. right. So, but then there's this weird phrase, honor your father and mother. And here's why people who had good upbringings, like me and you, yeah. we can run the risk of missing the point. Because we go, easy, done that. Honor my mom and dad, simple. And people who've had abusive or violative or absent upbringings, they feel like, well, I could never do that. So I, I, so I have a, a, a couple of thoughts on that. One, you never honor someone because they're honorable. You honor someone because you're honorable. That's I number, love that's, that that's first, Right? So, so that, that's number one. Number two, if you had a good upbringing, honor your father and mother has nothing to do with what you say to them. And if you've had a horrible upbringing, honor your father and mother really doesn't have much to do with how you treat someone towards you. In Hebrew, the word honor has almost everything to do with how you behave going away from somebody than how you act towards them, well, right? And, and, and beautiful we, perspective. And we know this intuitively, right, Don? So, so you've, you've, you have children, and now you have grandchildren. And when your children were teenagers, right? Let's say they, they're 16. Yeah. If they came to you and said, mom, dad, I honor you. I just want you to know I honor you. Well, first, that would bless your heart. You'd be very encouraged by that. And second, you'd be wondering, what do you want? Right? But, <laughs> but, but, but really, to know your children have a high regard for you is yeah. a blessing. Yeah. But what's, but what's more honoring to a parent is knowing that when they were out with their friends at night in the middle of, in your case, Auckland or whatever city you might be watching yes. this in, um, when that they're living in a way that, that honored the values of the Mackinac home when they are there means more to you than what they say to you here. Because yes. if they say, I honor you to your face, but then when they're out with their friends, they're living in a way completely disconnected from, from, from the values, then, then how is that honoring? Right. And, and this is this is true of pastoring. So so you're a pastor. I'm a pastor. But if, if, so, if somebody in your congregation came to you and said, Pastor, I just want you to know I honor you and Julia. Well, that would bless your heart. It would. And, and you should do that. But what's more honoring is knowing that when people of Inspire are out somewhere or they're away from the church, that they're living in a way consistent with Inspire's values out there. So the Hebrew so, mindset on that then is that it's how you how you handle honor away from the situation, ongoing. Cor correct. Oh, That's think beautiful. Of it this way. It's it's honoring your father and mother has almost everything to do with how you choose to live in the next generation totally. than how you respond to the previous one. Wow. So for instance, so for those of us who had great upbringing, if I if I call my mom every day and say, Mom, I honor you, Dad, I honor you. 
but then I'm living in a way that is destructive. And so people look at my life and go, he must have had a bad upbringing. Yeah. How is that? How is that honor? Right. Yeah. And so for, for, for the people like us, my challenge would be, are you honoring your father and mother? And what that means is, let's put some language around that. Have I chosen to perpetuate things that lead to life and light and eradicate things that lead to death and darkness going forward in the future generation? Beautiful. See, the, the, see the, the trap. This is the question to never ask, Don. Never, ever, ever. Is this normal? And here's why that's a bad question. Because normal is a function of how you were raised up to the age of eight. So whatever your family was like up to the age of eight, that's what you think normal is. And so that's why if you remember, if you remember your first sleepover with a friend at 13 or 14, if you were from a real calm family and they're from a family that yells, yeah, you're there going, y'all are weird. Yeah. But of course, if they come to your house, they're like, do y'all not care about anything, right? So, so nor normal is simply a function of how we were raised before the age of eight. So the question is never, is this normal? It will be normal, but it's not life. It's not light. It actually belongs to death and darkness. To, to some people, pr promiscuity is normal. That's what they saw their whole yeah, life. True, true. But, but that doesn't mean it's light and life. To some people, getting dead set drunk every weekend was normal. But that doesn't mean it's life and light. So honor, honor your father and mother has less to do with what is normal. And it has to do with perpetuating. Here's a way to say it. Let's perpetuate family habits going forward that belong to life and light. And let's eradicate family habits going forward that belong to death and darkness. Yeah. So just and, to clarify that, is that like taking the good and propelling that into the future and leave? Because as people have got parents that seriously, there was not a lot to honor. Like I was talking to right. a, I was talking to a friend the other day. What did you, what did your dad teach you? He said, My dad taught me nothing. He came home drunk every night. But the one yep. thing I can have as a redeeming factor from my dad is he taught me the value of work. Well, right. So let's use that as an example, right? So for that guy, honoring his father is perpetuating work ethic, not being lazy, right? But choosing to take responsibility and eradicate drunkenness, out of control, boundless living, those things belong to death and death does not belong. So if you take if you take something, even if I could address something that is obviously the elephant in the room, so yeah. I'll, I'll address it because I don't want to ignore it. If you were abused, um, I got a couple thoughts on that. One, yeah, I'm so sorry for whatever happened. It is not within a child's capability to handle adult emotions. So if your parents made you at six years old feel the stress, of their financial situation or if your parents had conflict between them and made you choose sides and you were a kid that was not no. supposed to happen and especially adult violence when somebody seven times your size is physically harming you um that is just not okay and i'm so sorry that that happened but but the key to your life is to honor your father and mother and what I mean by that is, is not pretend it was okay. I actually mean the opposite. I mean, call it what it is. Absolutely not yes. okay. Belongs to death and darkness. And I'm choosing to eradicate that from my family habits and choosing light and life. And that is good. So I, I'll illustrate this with a story from my own life. Yeah. <clears throat> um, 
So I have great parents. But people ask me all over the world. I've met like, your dad. He's an absolutely fantastic guy. We've had so much fun. I remember when he stayed in our house, he he was like the most alive, friendly, encouraging, but fun. Yeah. Oh, he's fun. Yeah, he's a fun guy. And 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 he's 75 and he's like Stallone. Like he yeah. could do push-ups till tomorrow. With one arm. Um, yes. Yeah. I, so I... yes. But 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 if you remember the stories around my dad, my dad had this particular affection for scaring us. <laughs> I do remember that. <laughs> and I don't mean like sort of either. I mean like flipping terrifying a six-year-old. And um, and so yeah. my dad's my dad's work ethic needs to go forward. His generosity to the poor needs to go forward. My dad's the most disciplined in his prayer life of most anybody I've ever known. That needs to go forward. Um, his his affection for scaring the stew out of six-year-olds probably needs to die with him, probably. right? That doesn't need to go forward in how I live. But even I'm going to go even further. So, so people ask me all over the world, Shane, you must come from a long line of educated preachers. Wow. Um, no. Um, my great-grandparents, all four of them could not read. Wow. Um, my great my great grandfather was a uh, a member of a of a racist organization called the Ku Klux Klan. Wow. Um, he he made his living moonshining. If you don't know what that is, that's running illegal liquor across state lines. Yeah. <laughs> so so my so my great grandfather was an illiterate moonshining racist. Wow. So how do you get how do you get from a literate moonshining racist to someone literally traveling the whole world? proclaiming the compassion of Christ for all people, all races, all cultures. With a university degree. With, with three of them. Yeah. How do you, how do you, how, how do you get, how do you get to that? Well, what yeah. happened was, is my mom and dad drew a line in the sand and said, nope, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Our children will go to school. Our children will read books. Our children will learn about the presence of wow. Jesus indwelling all people, male, female, black, white, rich, poor, whatever. Our children will not be racist because that's just dumb. And in one generation, the entire thing shifted to wow. now people look at my life and they think, they think, they think my great grandfather was an educated preacher. What okay. better way to honor the previous generation than to live in the light going wow. forward? That and if you hell. do that, if you do that, if you're like if you're listening to me right now, and let's say you're 34 and you have a six-year-old and a four-year-old, you have a choice to perpetuate what you thought was normal. Yeah. And then leave it to your children to change things. Or to choose to honor your father and mother by eradicating death and darkness mm -hmm. and perpetuating light and life. Wow. And then your grandchildren will call you the heroes of your family tree. Totally. That's your yep. choice. Or you can choose to do nothing and leave it to your children to have to do it. Why would you do that? Yeah, why? The opportunity, the opportunity for all of us today is to reflect on what parts of my family habits belong to death and darkness. And what parts of my family habits belong to light and life? And I'll state it how the scripture states it. Choose life that you might live. Yeah, wow. Wow. That's a beautiful answer to that question. I think uh, so, especially with the, we have a little bit of a skew with view of dads today, I think, of fathering. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. I think it's been messed up. So that from well, a... Well, there's a conspiracy, there's a conspiracy against 
the man. So I'll give you an example, right? You're, you're, you, you would be old enough. Uh, if, if you're over say 55 yeah. um, and I said, name the heroic fathers on television when you were a kid, you could do it. Ward Cleaver, right? The guy yeah. from my three sons, yeah. um, the, the Brady bunch dad. That, right. So in those stories, in those stories, all the comedy was generated by kids acting outside of wisdom but the dad who's the source of wisdom comes in and was a part of making order out of disorder right well yeah and then yeah. and then and then the 80s happened and since 1985 name one dad that was the hero on tv other than bill cosby uh, you, you've got you've got uh, uh, al bundy Homer Simpson, Ray Romano. Yeah. Um, so in in these, uh, the guy from King of Queens, um, in these stories, all the comedy revolves around the husband being a doofus. Oh, totally. And in some and in some cases, the kids are the ones sorting out the lack of wisdom of the doofus man. Yeah, that's so yeah, so if you build that image over and over and over and over and over again in the culture, people start believing all men are stupid. And that's been pumped to us, unfortunately. Oh, like in yeah. a fire hose, mate. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, to bring the narrative of father to this generation then, which is what we want to do, is based on this whole thing of the honor being taken, the, the seeds of greatness that we see, the values that we love, and perpetuating yeah. those into the future. Well, and let's think about it this way. Let's go back to the days live long in the land, right? Yeah. What what if what if what if we take what we just discussed here and, and apply it there? What if God's saying, You folks have known nothing but slavery for 430 years, and you're fixing to get a taste of what it's like to be human instead of machine. And you're gonna love it. Um, and the life I have for you is awesome. We're gonna call that the land. But what you do with this gift is up to you. And if you want to keep it, every generation needs to take an audit of where we've let death and darkness slip into our habits and where we've allowed light and life to be perpetuated and choose to perpetuate light and life instead of death and darkness. I love Because that. Whether, you, whether you grew up in a great house or whether you grew up in a horrible house, the key to your future and your children's future is to honor your father and mother. That's awesome. That's awesome. So, so how does someone then take that from the experience of the dad they've had and bring it into, you know, like if Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen the father. And so yes, yeah. for people to understand that and comprehend that someone who's had that bad experience to take that into the future and live free and live in the victory of having a great God father. Correct. So, so I think two things. One, the first thing is we have to take responsibility that we are adults now yeah and it is not it is not our father's fault as to why we are the way we are unless we're seven if we're seven it's our dad's fault but if we're 37 i love there's this great passage in ezekiel 18 um where ezekiel is calling these israelites out they they not to get too in detail with the history of it but these people lost the land and because they didn't honor their father and then instead of instead of taking ownership of that, um, they blamed and they wrote a song to help them cope in their new slavery in Babylon. And there's the song said, my father ate sour grapes and that's why my teeth are set on edge. 
And so, and so uh, Ezekiel says, first of all, before we get into this, I don't want to ever hear it out of your mouth ever again that it's because your father ate sour grapes that your teeth are set wow. up. Wow. That, that, that blaming the previous generation, even if, even if you have a good point, is never helpful to you, right? Exactly. So, exactly. so, so to the, I'll say it this way. To the level we blame is the level we disempower ourselves. Yeah, so, so, so take, so first is taking responsibility. So I would say first take responsibility and, and resist the urge to blame. Well, I'm like this and, and Don, honestly, how many times in your career have you unfortunately had to confront somebody acting horribly? And, yeah. it, and, and it goes something like this, sir, for goodness sake, cut it out. You are fixing to lose everything that's important to you. Yeah. My goodness and the and the man goes this is a 40 year old man and he goes i know pastor don i know but if you knew what my dad was like you would understand it's like totally those exactly right or you confront a woman and you're like ma'am seriously oh cut it out you're acting you're critical cantankerous possessive jealous and quite frankly horrible we don't want to be the one to tell you this but your husband is privately praying for a comet to come to earth to bring him sweet relief from you right um and, and she says, I know, I know, I wish I wasn't like this, but if you knew what my mom was like, you would know why I am the way I am. Yeah. My mom was critical, cantankerous, possessive, jealous, and horrible, so I am. My, the guy says, my dad was, was a drunk, oppressive, isolative, manipulative, sort of violent person, and so I am that way. It's my father that ate sour grapes, that's why. Yeah, it's wow. my mom that ate sour grapes, that's why. I am. And, so, and so Ezekiel says... I, I and here's the thing I, I have a master's degree in clinical psychology exactly if if you sit down with me for an hour and be honest i can tell you why you are the way you are that's not hard to see ray charles can see why you are the way you are your mom's horrible you're yeah. horrible i get yeah. it yeah. your dad was horrible you're horrible i get it that's not the question the question is you're 40 yeah totally and, 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 and at what point do we draw a line in the sand to go that says just because they were that way doesn't mean i have to be disempowered and automatically be that way and so it is empowering to us to take responsibility and not blame. Yeah. Second is we got to change the image because the image matters more than the word. So if I was to say, you need, you, you, need to you need to be a father like God, well, that doesn't matter unless we have a good picture of what God is like. And thank goodness we have, at least, what I'm talking about. we have at least four books that are dedicated to showing us that God was like Jesus, exactly like Jesus. God had always been like Jesus. And whatever verse you can find to say God is something else, if it ain't like Jesus, it's being adjusted because God is like Jesus, exactly like Jesus. God had always yeah, been like Jesus. And so, and so the question is, is how do I, how do I see, it's not how do I believe in Jesus. Uh, it's how do I allow Jesus to fundamentally shape the way I see all things. That's beautiful. So, so how do I treat, how do I treat my enemies? How do I act in conflict? Wow. Um, how do I think about the most vulnerable? Do, do my actions and inactions um, promote the most vulnerable as the most important people in society, or does it further hold them down? Um, how, how do I respond when I don't get my way? Um, these are all things that Jesus taught his followers how to live. And I think if we could take – but what shuts all that down is blaming. So I think number one is taking responsibility. Number two is building the picture. And then number three, trusting the process. That God's not in a hurry with you, and you shouldn't be in a hurry with you. The question isn't, can you get there today? The question is, can you take one next step toward it? I and, love it. And, and, and if you can go the right direction, we can trust God to do all the convicting and all the changing and get you where you need to go. 
I think that's a beautiful spot to bring this to a close on. Those three points are probably the great keys in living our lives to honour even the generation that's gone before us. Because I think it comes into that too. Let's honour the generation that went before us, find the best out of it and carry that forward. Um, I think uh, that's beautiful, Shane. Thank you for those answers. I think one more question before you go. Obviously, you mentioned that you're a clinical psychologist. So obviously, people sit down with you with these kind of questions. And um, what's the best thing a father can do, or a mother for that reason, but what's the best thing we can do so that our kids are unlikely to be sitting down with you having a conversation someday? <laughs> yeah. Okay, so a couple of things on that, just because I don't ever, ever want to mislead people. So my master's degree is in clinical psychology, um, but to be an actual clinical psychologist, you have to have a PhD. Okay. So, my, But I, I do have my master's degree in it, um, and I don't, I, I don't practice just because I'm too busy doing what exactly. I'm doing. But, but, to the, but to the heart of your question, um, yeah. if you want to avoid, if, if you want to act in such a way so your children don't need intensive therapy in their 30s, um, you know, I would, yeah, I, I would say there, there's a couple of things. Um, one, that one of the ways Jesus taught us to see the world, to see God and apply scripture is to call things that are not as though they are. And so, in other words, Jesus's way of helping someone become was not in pointing out everything they're doing wrong. It was in pointing out the higher truth, painting a better picture and inviting them to that. Yes. So, so, so you see Paul apply it that way. Like in, in Ephesus, he goes through a list of you are beloved, you're children of God, you're chosen, you're saints. I mean, there's this whole list. That's right. And then when he gets to the point, when he gets to the point where he's describing some of the things that needs to change, you're asking the, this is four chapters later, but you're asking the question, how could you call those people saints when they're acting like that? Right. But, 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 but Paul and Jesus had a way of the best way to get someone to become a picture of wisdom and health and strength is to, is to already treat them as if they're already like that. I love that. Um, And, and when we paint that picture, that picture becomes more compelling than whatever other chaotic story they try to write on their own. And, and the invitation is to embrace the better picture. Beautiful. I love that. Embracing the picture that's up in front of us. Man, I love that. That's walking by faith. That's believing and confessing and declaring the great things that God wants to do. Well, they're going to, they're going to do it anyway. So if you call them stupid, don't be, don't be surprised if they act stupid. Yeah. Yeah. Like you're you're painting a picture, inviting them to embrace that. And then they do. And then we're upset with them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, You know, if it's so, what if we, you know, what if we built the picture with in cooperation with the spirit of god god what what sort of life do you have for my child and find out their gifts find out their passions and explore that with them and then paint a beautiful picture of what their life could be if they mutually consent to wisdom and love with god and invite them to embrace that picture absolutely beautiful thank you so much shane i think you've answered those questions that's absolutely beautiful and we're going to record this and uh and uh, keep it so it's absolutely brilliant and uh, Sunday is our day to grab a hold of those truths and apply them, everybody. So thank you very much, Shane. I think that was an absolutely insightful um, um, discussion around being a dad, being a great dad and being a father and living in the best that God's got for us. 
So thank you very much, man. God bless very welcome. you. And enjoy uh, Mount Isa today. Oh, yeah. <laughs> bless you, man. Thank you. Bless you, man. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. We pray that you would activate something in your life and shift your life towards Jesus. If you like what you heard and you want to hear more, just click follow. We love you. Have a blessed week.